welcome to Hashtag No Limits. I am your host, Shelly Kino, and Hashtag No Limits is about people who have had limits placed upon them by society, but who are busting through those limits. It's also about people who are helping bust through those limits, and that's who my guest is today, and we'll get to her in just a second. Um, one of the reasons that I started this program many years ago is because or I didn't start the program many years ago, many years ago when I was teaching, I noticed that there were limits placed upon people. And it was very frustrating to me to see these assumptions that people were making about others. And so I came across a quote by um, Ophelia in Hamlet, where she says, we know who we are, but not who we will be. And to me, there's not a better example of that than the butterfly. The butterfly has to, as a caterpillar, literally dissolve its cells, reform into the butterfly, and then it has to struggle in order to make its wings strong enough for it to fly. And that is so often the same when people are facing limits and they have to struggle to show their beauty because sometimes it's, it's just not looked at the way it should be. And I'm trying to change that. And Jamie is doing something that is also trying to change that. So, Jamie, welcome, and thank you for joining Hashtag No Limits. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to get into the main reason that you are here. But first of all, I want you to tell me and our audience a little bit about yourself and what kind of brought you into the world of people with different needs. All right. So um, my name is Jamie Van, and I'm a mom of two. I have a 16-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter, both play hockey, and um, both homeschooling right now, so apologies if you hear anything. <laughs> um, they are aware I'm on this, but you never know. Um, but I, uh, if you, it's kind of crazy. I've been asked this question a lot, and um, when you were talking about the butterfly, I, I had this um, uh, project that I did in grade school on butterflies. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much I love butter. I mean, I always love butterflies, but it's really interesting how you look at your past and how all of the little dots connect. Yes. And it just, that butterfly analogy just connected with me. And I was like, oh my God. So <laughs> yeah, because that was great. Um, oh, I've you're always welcome. Loved butterflies and I've always been enamored with how they can start off as something furry and cute that I used to capture and then, you know, turn into something that is gorgeous and lays there to get, have the sun fill up their wings and make them strong enough. And then I catch them again. So, um, it, it's just really great, but you know, I guess my love started way back then seeing the changes now that you brought it to my attention. <laughs> Maybe I saw this and it was in my subconscious in grade school. So I, I don't know. Um, but the whole process of this amusement park for everybody came about because of a conversation I had with uh, a friend whose daughter has Down syndrome and they just at the time were not able or willing to go to Disney World. Um, so many limitations at the time. She was a lot younger than she is now. She's actually in my daughter's class now, but um, 
you know, blacktop affects people with disabilities differently because of the way the heat transfers to their bodies. Celiac disease is in 90% of those who are born with Down syndrome and or other, you know, autism patients and, and individuals have disabilities, I mean, have um, difficulties um, digesting gluten and things of that nature. And at the time, that wasn't very um, popular. Right. Um, accommodating those different um, allergies and such. So she wasn't going to bring them there. And she had done a bunch of research and found a different park that was ultra accessible is what they call it. And it allows wheelchairs and hospital beds and you know oxygen tanks and things of that nature for everyone to go and play. And so they ended up taking their entire family there. And um, she told me about it. And I was like, we have the community here in St. Louis. Why don't we look at bringing one of those amusement parks here? We have a Six Flags and it does really well. So um, she went off to Carpool Line, I went off to Carpool Line and I, um, I made a couple phone calls and here we are five years later. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. <laughs> just like that, in the blink of an eye, it just happens. It's amazing how, fa how fast time goes. Yeah. So um, I just, I forgot, I, I, this is something new that I have had to start doing recently and I, I always forget it. Um, so for anybody who is watching from my Facebook group, No Limits, Changing the World's Perspective of Special Needs through IEPs, um, if you would like us to see who you are when you comment, I will need you to give StreamYard your permission. Um, they are very respectful of your privacy and so they don't just want to automatically post your comment without giving them permission. So when you give them permission, all you're giving them permission for is for them to use your username and profile picture with your comment. If you don't care that we don't know who you are <laughs> when you're commenting or you're not planning on commenting, then um, that's fine. You don't need to do that. And also remember um, to share and like and subscribe wherever you're watching this from and post comments. Um, let us know if you're watching live or if you watch this in a replay. That also helps this broadcast be shown to more people. It'll, it'll pop up on more people's feeds the more people have interacted with it. So just a couple little housekeeping things. And I apologize. Always, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to remember to do that stuff at the beginning, and um, it's kind of new for me. Kind of like the little ticker tape at the bottom is the new thing for me, too. So <laughs> trying to learn all of those new things. Well, if it was interactive. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of times we get, we get a lot of questions and um, good interaction. So it's always nice to have that happen. Um, so you mentioned Disney World, um, or is it World in Florida? I always get the two mixed up. Um, World is Florida and is California. Okay, so if I recall um, from a previous conversation that I had with you, um, that's some place that you're very fond of, and um, and so you know, I mean, they call it the happiest place on earth, and I have a feeling that a lot of people that are watching have never realized the things that you mentioned about the happiest place on earth or any amusement park for that matter, that it's not inclusive. And even in some aspects when it tries to be, or it's not trying not to be, <laughs> you know, with having blacktop, I mean, you uh, blacktop, you would just think, oh, that makes a nice smooth surface. There's no steps, you know, that's inclusive. But then you mentioned the heat and you meant, you know, there's so many different aspects, the food, 
I didn't even think about that. Um, that there would, you know, possibly need to be special foods offered in the restaurants at the amusement park. Well, I think I'm not trying to bash anybody because no. missed, I didn't know what I didn't know right until someone told me. Exactly. I have learned so much in the past five years. It's ridiculous. But I didn't understand that every amusement park, any building, a lot of the um, new structures that are happening now and being built currently, they all have ADA compliance. Mm -hmm. ADA compliance is the basic. So everyone abides by the basic. Right. But what here to Discovery Park is doing is going above and beyond basic expectations. That's the difference. So um, we, I mean, it, blacktop, I mean, the surface can be painted blue or green to help with that heat. It's right. just not willing or able or for whatever reason to go above and beyond the ADA compliance. That's the difference. Everyone is ADA compliant or they wouldn't be open. Right. I mean, they have, I mean, that is, a, that is apparently and once ours is up and running, we will have the same guidelines that people come in and check and do all that kind of thing. But it's all, there's a checklist and it has, that's, that's the difference. Like, sure, you know, the, the bathroom stalls may be big enough, but if someone can't physically open that door, they need someone with them. Right. So that's ADA compliant because their wheelchair will fit through it, but get in what's the point so right. it's, it's and, things like that and and to be honest to think that's something that we are very um very conscious of is the small details mm -hmm. only small details are in um packaging they're in marketing they're in um the visuals they're in the presentation of things. Well, we're wanting it to be all encompassing. So these, the, the minor details that we are wanting to add to our park is what's really gonna differentiate us from others. Yeah, and there, there's so, like you said, there, there are so many little things. Um, I, I'm amazed um, because as a former special education teacher, I was able to get to know a lot of my families pretty well. Um, I spent many years with their children. And so we had a good relationship and they let me see inside sure. their world. Um, but then I wrote a book and I interviewed a lot of those families and I went in even deeper with things and I was amazed. And it's like you said it just a few minutes ago that you don't know what you don't know. And that was the purpose of the book. And I think that's, you know, um, kind of one of the ideas that's in your in your mind when you're doing all of these things is is bringing awareness um about like you said the blacktop blacktop is great but painted a different color so that more even more people can access it um and the the idea of going above and beyond the basics i think so often we get caught up in well this is what the law says i have to do 
and we don't realize that we can do more. Um, I think that's the same way in a lot of aspects with special education in public schools. You know, we have a law that we have to follow. And again, it's just like the ADA. It's the basic lowest level. But there's so much beyond that that can be, if you have creative enough minds to think that way, that can be accomplished and used and, and utilized. So... Lon O'Leary, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's uh, um, he's actually serves on our advisory board, but he is a um, a local speaker and international author who um, wrote a book on fire. He was the little boy who got burned over 100% of his body. Wow. Follow his podcasts and stuff. Um, very inspirational, but you get little nuggets. And one of the nuggets that has stuck with me over the past three and a half years is when you're writing out that check for a wedding or you're writing out that check for a birthday party or a graduation or in my instance designing an amusement park for every single person you don't ask yourself what's most people are like okay here's 50 bucks that's the least i can do mm -hmm. but he's like why can't we ever ask what's the most we can do What's the most you're willing to do? And I really, when I'm presenting things to our board or I'm presenting things to um, the groups that we speak to, I'm always reminded of that question because we're always thinking about, okay, what's the least I can do to get by that makes me look okay, that makes everything copacetic, but really why are we asking that instead of, okay, What's the most that I can do? Right. What is that really going to do? I mean, not only do you get a different sense in yourself and a different feeling, but it also presents itself greater. So that little nugget three and a half years ago has really stuck and has really been like a thread in this whole process. So I don't know if it'll maybe next time you think about it, you'll be like, oh, but that was something that made a lot of sense to me when, you know, we're giving surveys out and we're asking about bathrooms and we're asking about food and we're asking about, you know, where's the best location for this? What's important? Mm -hmm. Being close to a hospital is important because if something happens to their loved one, they need to know they don't have to wait 10 minutes for an ambulance. They can get to a hospital in five. Right. Important. I would not have known that. No, I wouldn't have thought of that either. I would have thought first aid, great. No, that that's the least. Right. We need the most. So, I mean, those are the kind of things that that specific question lends itself to a greater door opening and a greater knowledge and understanding of what we need to do to provide the best for our guests that are coming in. So it's been great. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Because absolutely, I certainly would not have thought about that. Um, and so what are the other things? So we talked a little bit about bathrooms, and we did talk a little bit about food. Um, so obviously, you said you've been working on this for five years. And it's not, we don't have, do you have a site yet? Are you still trying to find a site? We are trying to find a home. Um, we've had several negotiations with several different properties around St. Louis Metro and again, learning experience. Um, 
I didn't realize that you just can't go in and say, I really like that. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy. So not that easy, but, um, you know, doing geotech surveys and ground soil testing. And I, I now know what all of that stuff means and what it produces and why we need it. But I didn't know that five years ago or actually years ago when we were really looking and getting serious about our next step. So um, we actually are in um, investigating two different pieces of property right now. Um, our, our minds are always open because we're always expanding. Right. <laughs> it, it doesn't just stop with the um, conceptual drawing that we have. So um, I just am not at liberty to kind of tell you oh, where sure. now, but uh, we are definitely in the middle of that is our main job right now is to find a home. Um, right. So yes, we are. I'm really, I'm feeling very, very optimistic about 2021 right now. So that's great. Oh, that's awesome. That's good news. Um, yeah. Yeah, so not only, not only is there the difficulty of finding a site, but in the Midwest, we have all kinds of weather. We have extreme heat. We have extreme cold. Um, you know, when I think about Six Flags, I think, okay, I think it opens maybe April and it closes like the end of October, I think, maybe. I don't even actually know. It's been years since I've been, <laughs> but I know they do like their Fright fright Fest or whatever in October, so I don't know if they're open every day, but um, that must play into the thinking of what to put at the park. Um, it did originally. Okay. So five years ago when we started um, talking to Wonderland Development Group, who is a consulting firm that we have hired, they're a nonprofit consulting firm that we have hired to help consult us through this process. They are the um, our architects and minds behind Morgan's Wonderland in San Antonio, which is the only existing um, amusement park that is accessible for special needs. So when we first started discussing with them what this looked like, um, we, we were basically mirroring their property here in St. Louis. So in order to accommodate the weather, um, which is hard knowing that that's <laughs> negative degrees, but not right. like and beautiful, but right. um, I married into a hockey family. And as I mentioned, my kids play hockey, my husband plays hockey. So he's like, you know what, let's not do a water park. Let's do an ice rink because our kids and myself take all the ice time from the specials hockey team and the sled hockey team. They always get the nasty times for practice or if they get any, because our kids and myself, us old men, <laughs> are getting on the ice all the time. And so let's put an ice rink in and we'll do one that, you know, we'll have two or three ice rinks and then we can host tournaments, but then they have one sheet for themselves. And then we can make sure that the ice rink has the boards that are, you know, the plexiglass is on the bottom so that the people in the sleds can see when they have to go out and, and things like that because they're on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I'm, okay, great, whatever. So, we were going to accommodate in that way because I didn't want and didn't think at the time that it was best that 
we put in a water park that we can use maybe a hundred days out of the year. Right. And so I was like, okay, ice rink can be open all year round. It's not a huge money maker, but at least is good for the community building awareness, you know, giving back, pay it forward type of thing. Well, fast forward five years and because of different opportunities that we had looked at for placement of the park, um, we decided that although it will cost more, it would be better to have 90% of our park under roof. Wow. So at first we were going to just mirror our, our park after like the zoo and botanical garden. So you have the walkthroughs, you have the, you, you know, the fire pits, the hot cocoa evenings, the, you know, walkthroughs and all that kind of thing. And we have the breakfast with Santa or, you know, whatever, um, right. Christmas readings with reindeers or, you know, whatever we wanted to come up with. Right. To just, if people showed up at our park, we had something for them to do. Well, then after we had found a piece of property that had a, a, a bunch of buildings that we were looking to restore, um, our whole mindset switched. And so that's when we decided that we're not going to build a Morgan's Wonderland in St. Louis. We're building a spirit of discovery park in the middle of the country. So that's what we're on right now is a mission to build spirit of discovery park in the middle of the country. And it's going to be basically the Epcot of 40 years. It'll be a campus in St. Louis. Oh, that is so, so awesome. It's, I'm really, really excited. And it's really, um, the dominoes are, are starting to fall slowly and consistently. And it's, it's really great. That is so cool. So uh, I'm gonna, you have a website, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm gonna, um, while we're talking, I'm gonna pull that up so I have it ready to show in a few minutes. So tell me some other things. Um, obviously this is not a cheap process. So how, what are you doing? Is there any way that the average person watching can help make this happen? Is there any, sure. like? So right now, um, I'm gonna back up a little bit. Okay. Um, this is a calling for me, not a job. Uh -huh. This is a calling. I wake up every day with this fire in my stomach and I'm like, okay, we gotta get this done. I can't always push, push, push on the whole land thing and you know, right. leaders and things like that. And I can't irritate my board members when <laughs> work and say, what are you doing? We need to do this. So I have to keep myself busy. So right. in order to keep myself busy, we have all these other arms that we're gonna have underneath our SODP umbrella. And so that includes the greenhouse, that includes a retail store, that includes, you know, a candy store, an arcade, a train, you know, all these different avenues that are going to be under the umbrella of our campus. But those are all things that I'm able to reach out to influencers or reach out to other community members and build smaller committees and try to get those things up and going now because I don't necessarily need a building for those. Got it, okay. We're working on our um, 
adaptive retail store. We're working on um, uh, education and entrepreneurial program for our greenhouse and veterans piece. We're working on the EA um, sports with Able Gamers in, on the East Coast. And we're working with um, Climb So Ill in St. Charles uh, with a climbing, they have a climbing gym that, you know, we're working on getting different programs implemented in that way. We're working with a couple of different organizations to put together um, classes for the arts programs, whether it's physical or music or drama or literature or whatever. Those are things that we can work together with other facilities and or nonprofits to help our, we're all helping the same community. Right. And the reason why we can't get it up and going now. So that's currently what we're doing. And so, we're, like I said, we're working with like different organizations, Rankin Jordan and Autism Speaks and, you know, all different kinds of organizations like that while we find a home. Right. So with that being said, we're working on initiatives right now with a couple different nonprofits to try to get resources and funding from corporate organizations. We're working on our gala piece, which will be um, September 10th. Um, it'll be the only fundraiser really that we have this year. Um, we've had to cancel all the other ones, but we're going to have an online and a physical option. So whatever people feel comfortable with they can attend. We're trying to work with local artists, whether they have of all abilities for um, our retail store um, so that we're focusing on giving back to those who are also struggling just like the nonprofits are. So right. we're going to try to build awareness for, for those who have helped us along the way because it's, it's, if we don't help each other, where are we going to be? Right, exactly. It's a whole community effort. And so that's kind of what we're working on right now. So long answer to your question about how people can help, you know, we're, we're needing gala sponsors. We're needing gala attendees, whether it's online or not in person. Um, we're, we're needing influential individuals who can make the connections to organizations that they think we're gonna need. Um, like the Microsofts, the worldwide technologies, the, you know, the schnooks, the, the big companies that um, are out there. We all have verbals with everyone, but it's a verbal once you get land. So right. just keeping that communication and keeping those partnerships top of mind during this, um, I call it creative time, um, is great. So it's not just about the money, it's about the resources that people can, can give because of who they know, who they work with, what they do, what they're passionate about. So, right. I mean, tons of opportunities to give back and it's, it's not always financial. Right, I actually know a CEO, I interviewed her um, two weeks ago of a technology firm in St. Louis. So I'm thinking, that I'm going to have to um, reach out to her and make sure that she knows about you <laughs> and um, see if there's somehow that, you know, you all could, it could work together. So I did jump over. Lisa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. We're friends. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did jump over to your website. Yeah. 
And um, so this is, all I did was go um, to how to help to the donate page. And the, the website itself is spiritofdiscoverypark.com. And I will include that in the notes or uh, in the uh, chat box. So yeah, you've got some different ways here that you that anybody can help. Um, so Amazon Smile, that's a good way. I mean, especially now, so many people are <laughs> ordering online. Um, and I've noticed, um, I haven't, I, I'm sure I'll see it here in a second. So we've got your fresh time bag. Uh, yeah, here it is, the Ready, Set, Grow Gardens. Um, those are amazing things that I have, I know several people who have them and they like them very much. Um, so the grand opening of the pop-up shop, tell us about that. Okay, so that was, um, we opened our pop-up shop in December on Giving Tuesday okay. of 2019. Okay. That was, is it's basically a retail store um, to help about some additional income uh -huh. to help raise awareness. And we mirrored that particular arm off of a, a, a they call it a t-shirt bakery. And what it is, is it's a, it's a retail store in, on the East Coast that basically has a small storefront that has a bunch of oven fronts that have the lights on in them. Okay. Every single oven front, op the door opens and it's a different t-shirt design that they have in it. Oh, but wow. T-shirt is designed with their logo on it called Johnny Cupcakes. And it's a cup, a skull, it's a, a cupcake and crossbones. And I'm a big skull and crossbones pirate person. So uh, I just fell in love with it because I also love cupcakes and anything with sugar and lard icing. So um, I really, really loved their stuff. And they do, their whole concept is, is they create a craze because they only produce small runs, what they call small batches. Okay. So if you don't get on and get your shirt that you want, they're not rerunning it. Got it. And so I really, really appreciated that concept uh -huh. in retail for years. I worked for the Disney store for years in their, one of their marketing test stores. And I learned a lot. And it's very true that you put your hot items up front, you do small runs, you buy in small, not in quantity. And when you're out, you're out. Because if you don't get it, you will never get it. And uh -huh. like, you know, find it at Goodwill or something. So that's basically what we started. And we figured, you know, we could do small runs and we partnered with um, a couple of local printing shops who gave us nonprofit discounts, which helped on the price and that kind of thing. And um, it's been a really cool way to get other people's input on design, get other people's input on you know, what would they wear? Uh -huh. Especially my boys, my husband and my son, like, would you wear this? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, okay, so that doesn't meet everybody's need. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's been um, really, really, it's been really fun, but we decided due to COVID, 
we were going to try to work with local artists instead so that you know they design something and then we cross promote so that it it helps more than just us gotcha right so um i stopped on this picture of the stanley cup for a reason um <laughs> tell me about the stanley cup and how you came to be that close to it okay so um three years ago when we were okay this goes way back it started <laughs> it started with a business card i'm not gonna lie our spirit of discovery business cards needed to be made and so we were talking about we finally got the logo that we liked and when analyzed and everything and then it was time to get everyone on the board business cards and i was like you guys i think it's really important that we have braille on our business cards and they when we are at the business when we are at our board meeting they were like okay well you know what's the cost and whatever whatever because we i mean we are grassroots sure we are not you know millionaires by any means so it, it, i'm talking to a bunch of board members who are like okay it's really expensive to do these when you can get them at Vista print, you can get a thousand for like $20. Right. But this is the point. We can get a thousand for $20. We give it to one person who can't read it. It defeats the whole purpose of what we're doing. Right. That's the person that you want to come. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're like, All right. And they're like, very good point. Print them. I'm like, great. So I got them printed in Braille. I only knew one braille person in my entire life. I'm only one blind person in my entire life who's my history teacher at my high school. Never really seen another blind person again. And I go to the mall, have my business cards, went to the mall, had to pick up something, coming down the escalator, and I see someone hugging the wall with their cane and their dog. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't. I haven't seen a blind person in public in a very long time. That's crazy. That's awesome. So I go to my car and as I'm getting into my car, I was like, oh my God, I have my business card. <laughs> That's the only person I know who could read it. Right. I literally run back into the mall as I'm undoing my wallet to get my business card out. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And I'm stalking this poor <laughs> in a kind way. And I finally, this, this gentleman turns around and again, I'm like a stalker. And I was like, I'm really sorry to bother you. I just wanted to give you my business card and let you know that we're building this in St. Louis. And I really thought you'd be interested. Guy takes the card, puts it in his wallet, says, thank you. And we're both on our way. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to jail. <laughs> I go home. I tell my husband, I'm like, I just made an idiot out of myself, but oh, well. And Two hours later, she calls me on the phone. She's like, hi, you gave me your business card in the mall. And I got on your website and I noticed that you are putting in an ice rink. Can you please tell me about that? And I said, sure. I said, you know, my husband plays hockey. We are wanting to be able to have a place for the specials hockey team to be there. He found out that there's a specials curling team. And so he thought we could bring them here. And then there's a place that, you know, the sled hockey team, because we're really good in the Paralympics. We're like gold medalists. Awesome. They could play. And he's, and she's like, okay. She's like, because my best friend has always wanted to play hockey. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, but 
you know, I was wondering if you knew anything about hockey. And I said, the only hockey I know about, like I said, is the sled hockey and the specials. And she's like, okay, nothing. And, you know, oh, and I did ask her, I said, hey, she's like, do you have any questions for me? I said, actually, I do. I said, can you please tell me what my card says? I said, I know what it's supposed to say, but I don't read Braille. And she told me it was all right. I was like, excellent. So that, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Two weeks later, I get an email from a gentleman from Washington that says, hey, I, someone reached out to me about your amusement park and said that you're going to put an ice rink in. And if I bring in all of the equipment to try a blind hockey for free, could you get a sheet of ice for two hours? And I said, I'm going to say yes, but <laughs> I'm going to forward this to my husband. I'm going to CC him on this email because he's the guy you need to talk to. And he's like, okay, fine. So I'm kidding. Four weeks later, we host a tri-blind hockey for free. And I didn't know that one of the current blues executives was there okay I didn't know it, but his son actually plays for you know the ice rink that we were at well we ended up hosting another one right after thanksgiving because it went so well that the guy left all the equipment for us to have and we it went so well that we offered another one and we really pushed it hard and it turns out the blues ended up showing up and they said that they're very interested in whatever we needed, whatever we wanted. So um, a proposal was put together and the um, between myself and my husband and our attorney, and then my husband and the gentleman who actually emailed the guy in Washington went and presented to the Blues. And then they decided that they wanted to partner with us. So we ended up starting a second nonprofit, which is the St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club. And Which, a little, a little teaser, <laughs> this show will be talking to her husband next week. So don't give too much more information, Jamie. You got to leave stuff for no, Jeff I'm to talk it. about. So, <laughs> but yeah, he's got that, to talk about. Um, <laughs> so, no, he's got plenty. So needless to say, that relationship with the Blues went really well. And so when we found out that the Blues won the Stanley Cup. I put an email in to the gentleman who worked with the blind hockey team at the Blues and was like, hey, is there any way that we could get it at our gala? It's gonna be at um, Bush Stadium. This is the day, this is the time, whatever. Actually, Chris Zimmerman was speaking. He was our guest speaker who was the oh, wow. Blues. And, um, Crickets. I didn't hear anything. I get a phone call. The gala was on a Friday night and I get a phone call on Thursday afternoon as I'm at the bank pulling out petty cash for our cash drawer for the Friday night. But, you know, whatever. And it's Chris Zimmerman on the phone. He's like, Jamie, Chris Zimmerman. I'm like, how are you? What's going on? Do you have a second? I'm, a, I'm actually in the bank right now. Um, So hold on just a second. He's like, okay, fine. So I go outside and I'm like, hey, what can I do for you? Are you ready? You know, is everything okay with your speech? And do you need anything in particular? He's like, no, I'm good. Everything's great. 
He's like, we'll be there, not a big deal. He's like, I was just wondering if it would be okay if um, we brought the cup. <laughs> and I was like, well, gee, let me think about that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. He's like, I was like, um, yeah. He's like, this is the deal. He's like, you can't tell anybody, but I need to get a hold of security down there. And I was like, okay, fine. So I put him in touch with security or whatever. And um, I mean, only people, I called my husband and I told him that we got it. And I started crying because it was just validation. Yeah. We didn't have land. You know, sponsors were kind of like, oh yeah, kind of, we'll do a little something because whatever. But right. it was validation that this is happening and someone believes in us and they believe in us so much that they're going to give us the cup for a half an hour. You know, it right. was, it was all those overwhelming feelings. It wasn't a piece of metal that needed to be polished and washed because everyone was touching it and kissing it. It was, it was validation that we were moving forward and that some people may or may not know of us, but we got the cup, you know, yeah, he has that opportunity. And and I, you know, we earned it and we worked for it and, and we got it. And it was, so I was, I had a few tears roll down my face and then I'm like, oh my God, I have to call my parents. They were watching our kids oh. <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to tell anybody anything. So I just told them, I said, I just need you to be at our house and have the kids dressed in their appropriate clothing and showered and be at the stadium by this time. <laughs> and my mom's like, well, what's happening? I said, I just need you to do that for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't tell you. Just, just, just I can't just, tell just you. Once. Yes, but it was great. And so what we did is we put all the little Spiro puppies in the cup because everyone's like, what did you put in the cup? And some people do cereal or margaritas or what babies, you know, yeah. that put their baby in the cup. So I was like, we need to put Spiros, but I have a separate bag of Spiros that were actually in the cup and the picture that goes with it. So that's oh. on the website. That's awesome. So, I yeah. mean, if it matters to anyone, it is legit. Those are the puppies. They're completely separate. They come with the picture in a frame. <laughs> important. We won the cup. <laughs> yeah, that is so amazing. And the area that I'm living in is there, there are a lot of, and they are blues hockey fans and there are a lot of hockey fans. So um, I'm, I'm sure if they are watching today that knowing what's coming next week, they will probably be tuning back in for next week. So I want to talk about, so this is obviously an extremely expensive endeavor. And, you know, we did talk about several minutes ago that 90% of it now is going to be enclosed so that it can be open more throughout each year. Why other than, okay, so there's just this one in San Antonio, but, but what, what is it besides like the blacktop? What else do you, and the food that we talked about, what else do you have to do that is going to make it inclusive for every body? And I, and I love that you separate that into two separate words because it is, it's not just for a person with a unique need, right? Correct. And I, you interviewed one of our board members, um, ago, and he yep. actually coined the phrase. And he coined the phrase because he's in a wheelchair. Right. And he didn't always, he wasn't always in a wheelchair. Right. It's not about the physical body. 
It's about the every. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so the emphasis is on the every. And the whole point is, is that I, I don't, my husband and I don't have anyone in our family that has anyone with special needs, whether it's physical or mental. We don't. Um, this was just something that I was drawn to. I really do feel it's a call. And I believe that I was put on this earth to do it. And, but that doesn't mean because I'm a spiritual person and I believe in God and I'm not saying that everyone has to or whatever their beliefs are, their beliefs, but God knows my future. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm building this for a grandkid. I'm not sure if I'm building this for my parents or myself because right. something happens or you have a stroke or hit by a car or in a car accident or something. I mean, I don't right. know. Right. Right. Exactly. Every one of us is literally one breath away from being a completely different person. Except physically or mentally. Right. I mean, it, it's the it's just factual information but regardless it needs to be done and why it has been done already is ridiculous i don't understand it i really don't understand it i mean i understand it's time and i understand it's money but money's everywhere you just earn it <laughs> you just work, <laughs> you know you just go and get it so and you don't get what you don't ask for but People don't understand until something tragic happens why it's important. Right. We're trying to help people understand gradually this is why it's important. So when it happens, they don't feel alone. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of people feel alone right now. Yeah. They and you know, I think it's great that more inclusive playgrounds are going up. I think it's perfect. I mean, you have a veteran that comes home and had stepped on, an, on a bomb or something, and they can't swing with their kid. They can't go up on a slide and right. push them down. They served our country. Right. I would never do that. I'm serving my country in this way, but never in the military. That is not a calling for me. I would never do it ever. And they do it selflessly. Right. That's the least we can do. I think it's the least we can do. So I just, um, so, and the other thing that I'm trying to, to under, help people understand is that a lot of times you either go somewhere because you're, special need person can go or you go somewhere because you're the rest of your able-bodied family can go but there's nowhere for both to go so why not make it so that everybody can go and do some have some things to do so having right. an arcade and, you know we're, we're we've worked with wash U for a very long time um with their otu department and they have helped us some um, problem solve a ton and one of the things that they helped us problem solve on is the whole arcade industry. And, you know, everyone's into arcades, except probably me, but um, <laughs> and that's what they want to do. They want to be on computers. They want to be, you know, on Xboxes or um, Playstations or whatever those switchy things are. Right. That's what they want to do. 
So if that's what the able kids want to do, why not make it accessible for the disabled people to do? Right. You know? It just, and it's not that hard. It just takes a little bit more work, like a few more steps. It's really not that hard. So that's kind of what we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure that, you know, if we're going to have a stage and we're going to have music and, and we're going to have, you know, music therapy and things of that nature. So, you know, my son loves to play the guitar. Well, so does one of the blind hockey players that he plays with. There's no reason why they can't come together and do something. Absolutely. You know, that kind of, that kind of environment, it just needs to be open. It just needs to be, you know, to be able to have a playground that isn't, okay, so the wheelchair accessible swings are over here, but the slide is over here. No, we're going to have it all together. If you want to go on the slide, there will be ramps instead of stairs, uh -huh. and you go on together, and it's all in the same area. Not one's over here, and then one's over here. Right. You're a parent, you know, that playgrounds and places with several outs freak us out when you have more than one child, you know? Uh -huh. So to keep it all compact and together is the whole point. Right. Especially grandparents. I mean, they want to see their grandkids do everything. And if they're in a wheelchair or on an oxygen tank or something, but they still want to experience that, you need to put that stuff together so that they can. So yeah. that's kind of, it seems, it seems basic to me now, but it really isn't. Right. But it's my life for five years. Like, you know, it's so, I don't know. It's, it just makes sense to me. Yeah. And I really, I really appreciate how you brought that together. Like you said, you know, when you have maybe a family member with a special need, you, you kind of alternate. Okay. Well, we're going to go here for that family member and we'll go here the next time for this family member. But to be able to go to one place for everybody. So, so my question then becomes this, why can't everybody go to a place like Six Flags? What is it about roller coasters or the Ferris wheel or the water rides or whatever other amusement rides? Why can't everybody go on those? Okay. So first of all, the landscape for a lot of these amusement parks, especially in Missouri, they're hilly. It's great if your your kid is a baby in a wheelchair, you can push them and it's very easy to go downhill. But you can't go up. You right. can go uphill. And and again, I'm I'm not in I'm not on this to bash any of No, them. no. I'm just I'm wanting just, people to understand why. Yeah, it, it, a lot of it is the terrain. A lot of it is the terrain. It needs to be um, it needs to be a certain grade and certain pitch over that grade. Again, I'm, I've learned all of this stuff. Please don't ever right. think I'm a major. <laughs> Not <at any> <laughs> so, I've learned all of this, but I mean, there, it, it's a grade, a grading thing. And a lot of it has to be flat. And it also needs to be something that a wheelchair can either be pushed in or pushed on. You can't push a wheelchair in mulch. It doesn't work. Right. Unless you have one of the sand wheelchairs, that doesn't work either. So right. it's just putting a little extra time and steps into, into the process is, is what it's about. 
So, uh, but a lot of it is, um, is the terrain. It, it truly is. And like, we're going to have gardens and sensory gardens and, and things of that nature, because I, I was it literally, I don't cry very often. I cry when I'm mad and, um, I don't like to cry. Um, I know that I should be vulnerable and it's not bad to be vulnerable. I just don't like it. I had a, a mom tell me a story how her daughter who was still in grade school could not go to a pumpkin patch because she couldn't get in there to pick a pumpkin. And I lost it because I had just that weekend taken my 14 year old son and 12 year old daughter who still wanted to go to the pumpkin patch. And this kiddo was nine. Yeah. And I lost it. I was like, unacceptable. I'm like, we're building you know, all these beds that you can come up and build. I just, I just was like, okay, now that I know it's a problem, let's solve it. And that's what this park is about is solving problems. And that also brings me to the whole food thing that you were talking about. So a lot of the parks now do have gluten-free options along with a lot of restaurants have uh -huh. free options. The difference with that is having a gluten-free option is amazing for someone who has an intolerance to gluten. If it is someone who has celiac disease, it is life-threatening. So there's a cross-contamination factor that cannot occur. Hence why we will have a gluten-free bakery and restaurant in our park. No cross-contamination. We will still have other venues that have all of the, you know, funnel cakes and hot dogs and... Sure. Delicious, horrible foods that you should not eat, but you need <laughs> at an amusement park. But we'll also have the healthy options because we need them. Yeah. But it's, it's things like that. I mean, it's the cross-contamination. And, you know, we'll still be allowing people to bring in picnics and things of that nature too, um, just to have safeguards or cut down on budget or whatever is fine. Um, but we want to have options. We want people to understand that we have thought about you and it's your, your uniqueness is important to us. Hmm. It truly is. That's, that's beautiful. Um, and I, I really think just that statement, we've thought about you, your uniqueness is important to us. That is such a beautiful statement. And it's, it's what we're going to end on. Um, I have had such a wonderful time chatting with you, but I try not to make these go longer than an hour and we're at 55 minutes already. <laughs> um, and I feel like there's more that we could still talk about that we really didn't get to, but um, I so appreciate your time. And I so appreciate what you are doing with the Spirit of Discovery Park. Um, so again, for those that are watching live or in the replay, um, go to the spiritofdiscoverypark.com. And there's, I saw that there were ways to volunteer. I saw, you know, it'll give you um, all kinds of information. I actually still have it pulled up. So let me see if I can quickly, whoops. We also just added a frequently asked questions page. 
Oh, perfect. So I think, oh, yep, it's going to take me there. Um, so we have, um, yeah, the, the, the home site is right there. So spiritofdiscoverypark.com. I'm actually going to copy it right now and put it into the chat so that it is there for anybody. And you can just go from this link to the website. Um, so what do we have with this help? We have home, about us, how to help events. So yeah, if you would like more information about the gala, I'm looking for it. I'm sure it's yours. Is it? No, that's me. It's the um, record. There you go. Oh, okay. For everybody. Yeah. So here's the gala. Um, so, you know, you can check that out. She said there's going to be the virtual and the in-person options this year. So just make sure um, that you take the time and you jump over there and you learn more about it. And we did have one person uh, pop on with just all inclusive was their comment. And that was when you were kind of talking about the park and why it's important for every body to be able to go there. Um, so Jamie, thank you again, and God thank bless you. you and all that you are doing. And um, I can't wait for this park to be open. And I, between now and then, I'm gonna do what I can to help make it happen. Um, for next week, I'm excited to talk to your husband because I will be honest, blind hockey was, I went, what? I've got to know more about that. That uh, that was a limit. <laughs> Yeah, that was a limit that I had placed that I didn't, you know, and that's what this whole show is about, is that we put those limits on without even realizing we're putting them on. So um, I am so I was so excited to have to talk with you before and to talk with you today. And maybe some other day we'll have you back again or um, maybe as once the park opens up, um, we can do something from the park itself. And, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. And, and let everybody see what's there and what's available. So any last parting words before we go? I don't want to leave you without a, an opportunity. No, I just really appreciate people like yourself who are willing to help us spread the awareness because it truly does take everybody pulling on the same rope to get things accomplished. So you're doing your part, we're doing ours, but together we're going to get further faster. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye.